Amen. Amen. Don't you love it when the pastor just throws one on you, huh? <laughs> I like that kind too. Amen. You know, I'm really excited that we as a body, as a family, have chosen to do something very specific and special for our seniors, uh, our graduating seniors this year. It's, it's our SWAT team, our seniors with a testimony, who are sponsoring our graduating seniors this year to do a prom. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's all right. And so this coming Friday, we will be hosting a prom for, we actually have eight graduating seniors and I think two juniors. And so we're going to be hosting a prom for them right here. And um, we have Texas Roadhouse is actually going to be helping us with the meal that we'll be preparing for them. And uh, we'll have our own Dr. Dre. Dre Hilton, that is. <laughs> and uh, he will be putting together a, uh, a fun time for them. And so we're just super excited that, that we are offering that. So we're offering it for them and their um, date, I guess you would say. And, one, and then they can invite one other couple. So we're looking at around 36 people that we're going to be able to bless and love on and show them. Since they've missed so much, they've missed opportunities to um, visit with their friends these last few months to have that ending time for uh, their school. So, so thank you, uh, AMCOG Church, for your care for our seniors and loving on them and, and offering this event. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you can call the church office, and I'm sure Miss Kathy or Stephanie would be glad to direct you if you'd like to help participate. We would love your help. It's going to be a beautiful time. Um, they'll have their pictures made. They'll be in all their dressy tux gowns, all that good stuff. Be fun. I might even come and, you know, chaperone so that I can join in on the fun. <laughs> Somebody said I act like a big kid anyway, so might as well. Hey, you don't have to agree with me. Amen. Well, you know, when I think of uh, Memorial Day, I think of the hope also that, that all these who have uh, given their lives for us, that it gives us, it gives us the hope that, we, that we're a nation that will stand, a nation that will fight for freedom, a nation who uh, understands the freedoms that we have. And uh, are willing to sacrifice to make sure we continue to keep those, uh, those freedoms to worship the Lord, to honor God. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be driven to an underground church. I don't want to be uh, silenced by uh, what others' opinions and views are. I want to know that I have the ability to share and, and declare the word of God. To live a, a life that honors the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Amen. And with that, I want to share with you just a few moments about the hope, the hope of the third day. And if you have your Bibles, uh, Acts chapter 10, 34 through 42, I'm going to be uh, going through several different scriptures as I talk this morning, but I want to start here. This story is, is really uh, 
where uh, Cornelius, who is, who is a Gentile, is, is praying and, you know, here they are. They're not allowed to be a part of the, the religious Jews' worship services. They're not allowed to be a part of those events. And the, the, an angel of the Lord comes to him and says to call for Peter or Simon. And uh, Simon was found in the house of Simon the Tanner. And the Lord had already been dealing with, with Peter because Peter, as you understood, was pretty uh, strict in his rules of, of the Jewish faith. And even though he had, had um, turned his life over to Christ, the Messiah, he was still very strict as far as his willingness to accept the Gentiles. And, and the Lord had to, you know the story, the Lord had to bring a, a sheet down with all the different animals and say what the Lord has declared is clean is clean, right? Um, and so the Lord dealt with him. And, and here we are, we find ourselves at this moment where Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. And, and there he begins to preach. He begins to share the word of God. And, and he declares in Acts chapter 40, he says, um, God had raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible. And when he said that, the Bible talks about that uh, as he was preaching, think about this, as he was preaching, while Peter was still speaking in verse 44, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And, and, and I want us to understand that God wants us to understand that without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we are powerless. It's just someone else who has died because many have died on the cross during those times. But it is the resurrection power. You know, when we think about this, we're in that still in that 50-day time from, from the time of the resurrection to the time of, of Pentecost. And, and so I want us to understand that God is still at work. God is still on the throne. God is still powerful. He's still anointed. And, and we need to understand that in his resurrection, we have the resurrection power of God to live the life that God has called us to live. And we need to understand the hope we have in that resurrection power. Amen. Amen. It is our hope, our only hope. When I think about hope, I think about the hope of Christ Jesus. When Jesus in Mark chapter 8, he went and, and was talking to the disciples. And, and, and as they went through Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, he says, Who do... The people say that I am, and some uh, said that, hey, some say that you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say that you're just one of the prophets. And, and out of that moment, there was a declaration that came from Peter, and Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. In other words, you are the Messiah, you're the one that has been proclaimed, you're the one that we've been waiting for, the longing for, we, you're the anointed one that has been promised throughout the Old Testament. And, and, and the Lord says, uh, you are, you've got that right, Peter, for flesh and blood has not declared this to you, but my Father is, but, but the Spirit, but my Father in heaven has declared this to you so we need to understand that God's declaring these things to us but the hope is this when Jesus began to to declare said he said well Peter you need to understand uh, I'm gonna have to suffer some things I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be delivered to to the rulers of this place and he said look I'm gonna have to die and I'm gonna die and, and, and I'm gonna raise again on the third day and and Peter began to say wait a minute Lord if you're the Messiah, then what are you talking about? Why are you going to die? Why do you have to go through these things? And Jesus told him, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, you have to understand, these things will have to happen. Verse 31, Mark chapter 8. 
says, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many, many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and, and be killed and after three days rise again. I want us to understand in John chapter 10, 17 and 18, for this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. He knew what he would have to take up. He knew that he would take it up again. Even though he laid it down, he knew that he would raise it again. Even in Matthew chapter 26 and 39, and in the garden, he was there, and, he's, and I know that it was a, a, a hardship. I know that it was a difficult burden that he had to bear, that he would have to carry the weight of the cross, that he would have to bear this uh, being crucified on the cross. And he even said, Father, if it be thy will, let this, cup, uh, let this cup pass from me. But he understood it would pass. Because he was looking for the hope of the third day. I mean, when you think of Hebrews chapter 12 and 2, for the joy that was set before him. Think about that. Even though he knew the weight of that, even though he knew the burden of having to die on the cross, he knew there was a joy at the end of the burden. He knew that there was a joy that comes in the sacrifice because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he's set down at the right hand of, 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 of the Father on the throne of God. Come on, somebody. We need to understand that there's hope in Christ Jesus. There's hope for the church. I think of... I think of Exodus chapter 8 and 27. Moses told Pharaoh, he says, we're going, we're going to go out into the desert, in the wilderness, three days. On a three days journey to worship the Lord. And Pharaoh said, well, you can go, but don't go too far. Isn't that how, isn't that how the world wants us to look these days? The world's like, okay, you can have your religion, you can have your faith, but don't go too far. They're, they're okay. I mean, I tell you what, I... I I realize, I think that so many times the enemy is so willing to let us uh, do what we want to do on a leash, right? And if he can water down our faith, if he can water down our beliefs, if he can keep us discontented, if he can keep us disconnected, if he can keep us from truly digging in and truly trusting in the power and anointing of God, and he keeps us so watered down that we have a little faith, but we don't go too far. Oh, God help us, right? But I want us to understand, it takes a three-day journey sometimes. It takes some time to get into the presence of God. And they went out three days, and in that three days, they begin to worship God. God wants us to truly dig in and worship Him in spirit and in truth. We can't just allow ourselves to get watered down. This can't just be a Sunday morning only worship time. This can't just be uh, when we come together. It's got to be an everyday worship. It's got to be an everyday faith. It's got to be an everyday where we seek the face of God because the hope of the church lies in the presence and power of the resurrection and it's the anointing of God that lays upon us and God's called us. It is that anointing that will bring back backslidden churches, backslidden family members, those who have lost their faith, those who have wandered out of the faith, God's wanting to bring them back in. Hosea 6, 1 and 2 says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us, but He will heal us. He has wounded us, but He will bandage us. Verse 2, he will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. Wow. God wants to bring us back. He wants to revive us. He wants to raise us up. 
on the third day. The thing is, is that not only do we have the hope of, of Christ and the hope of the church being raised up, but we have the hope for our children. Genesis chapter 22 tells of the story of Abraham taking Isaac. And the Bible tells us that they, that they were on a three-day journey. Three days passed on this journey. When Isaac was strapped to the altar and Abraham was drawn, had drawn his knife, it seemed like all hope was gone. It seemed like it was, it was the end. But God provided himself a lamb. You know, the fact is, is that there's a generation of children who don't understand or know the power of God. We, they haven't seen the Brush Harbor meetings. They haven't seen the anointing of God fall. They haven't seen the power of God so heavy and so thick in a worship service that, that, that the heaviness literally overwhelms the people in the service. They haven't seen that. They haven't experienced the dancing in the presence of God, the laughter of the Holy Spirit that's so thick and so real that, that it's overwhelming. They haven't seen it where literally people are having to crawl to the altar because the heaviness of the power of God is so overwhelming. They haven't experienced the preachers running on the backs of the pews. They haven't experienced all of these powerful anointing moments. And, and the fact is, is who's to blame for those things? Who is it that, that carries the weight of this glory? But it's every single one of us. We are the ones who carry the anointing of God. It is us who is the people of God who walk in faith. The fact is, is that the sin nature has passed down from generation to generation, isn't it? We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all faced issues and trials. And, and guess what? As much as I tell my children... As my mom told me, don't do as I do, do as I say. Don't drive like me. Our children watch us. And I'm not saying that, that they don't make a choice. I'm not saying that, they, that we can do our best to raise them up in a godly fashion and them still make choices that break our heart and and break the heart of God. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But I'm saying that to the degree and depth that we are in Christ Jesus. There's many times our children are watching us. And what are we teaching them? What are we showing them? Man, it's mighty quiet in this Pentecostal church this morning. But the thing is, is that. Even when all the odds of the world are against us in raising our children in godliness and the hope of glory, the fact is that there's a third day anointing of a resurrection power of God that can change, it can, it can equip, it can transform every home, it can transform every child, every child that has wondered, every husband or wife who has wondered, every person who has struggled, every person who has been overwhelmed by addictions, God can bring that power anointing and He can come into their situation and He can transform their life. Amen. 
I love the fact that in Acts chapter 2 and 39 says, For this promise is unto you and to your children and all those who are far off. This is not just a designated, isolated promise that God has made to a select few, but every person who believes in, the, in Jesus Christ as the Messiah and knows the anointing of God that raised Christ Jesus on the third day can tap into the power of God of resurrection power and be transformed by the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 4 and 18 tells us that Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. Even though he struggled with bringing Isaac to that, to that altar, he knew that if God could give him this promised child, that God could raise him from the dead. And if God wanted to kill him, that God could raise him. And he understood that there's hope even when we don't understand, even when we don't see hope, there's hope in the midst of our trials. And just as Jesus was raised on the third day, we shall be raised on the third day. We shall be raised up with him in his anointing and his power. Amen. There's hope in Christ Jesus. There's hope for the careless. I think of, I think of a, a careless world. And I, I'm broken hard to see people who have, even though they may not have been raised in the depths of of our Bible belt and have heard the words that we've heard. And many who have, who have wandered away and, and in ignorance are walking a path that is of unrighteousness. But I think of Jonah. And in Jonah 4.11 says that Nineveh, where there was 120,000, they did not know their right hand from their left hand. Many today are so unlearned about God. Many who sit in pews are so ignorant about the things of God, who don't understand the ways of God and, and every wind of doctrine that blows in, every person that offends, every trial they face, they're automatically turning their back on God. They're automatically saying, blaming God for the way things are because of their ignorance. They don't understand the plan. They don't understand His Word. But I want you to understand there's even hope for the people of Nineveh. There's hope for them. There's hope for us. The only way to get revival to an ignorant Nineveh was for our servant of the Lord to spend three days in the belly of a whale. Come on. <laughs> three days. The Bible also says that Luke chapter eleven thirty says, For as Jonah was assigned unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. Come on. Jesus went into the heart of the earth three days. And because on, on the third day, those who were ignorant of the Lord can be saved. And those who once knew nothing about him, who cursed his name, those who others who marked off the list said that they would never change. Guess what, folks? Those who say they'll never change better watch what they say. Because the anointing and power of God can change anyone. I don't know about you, but I was once one of those. I was lost. I was in darkness. I was deep in the miry clay. But Jesus came and set me free, set me on the rock. He changed my life. And just as he changed an old alcoholic, 14, 15, 16-year-old kid, God transformed my life. And he can do it for you. He can do it for yours. He can do it for your children. He can do it for this generation. But God's looking for a people. God's looking for a people who will share the hope of the third day and be willing to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love our scripture that was given 
uh, on our website today. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen. It is power for those who believe. And lastly, you playing for me, Josh? And lastly, the hope for conflict. You think about this. Esther was, Esther was queen in Shushan. I mean, can you imagine? Here she was as the queen of her area. But yet had to live in fear because of her descendants. She was a Jew. And, and the Jews were literally in a place of being eradicated. Underneath the sentence of death. But here's what she did. She told Mordecai and her servants. She said, I want you to fast and pray. For how many days? Three days. I don't know what that's. The depth of the significance of three is, but I know there's a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Maybe it's pray one day to the Father, one day to the Son, and one day to the Spirit. I, all I know is, is the significance is this. Is that when people fasted and prayed for three days, something powerful happened. It says that when they fasted and prayed for three days. That she decided to go before the king. And, and, and there was two options that could take place. One is the king could literally have her killed. Or he could stretch out his scepter. And in stretching out his scepter, he had the authority to give that person up to half of the kingdom. And I believe because of prayer that, that was, she bathed in prayer, fasted before God, had her family fasting before God, that there was a favor found when she walked into the king's chambers and he stretched out his scepter and he gave her what she wanted, up to half of the kingdom. We need to understand that we have been welcomed into the throne room this morning. Hebrews chapter 4 and 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we, as we, we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find, find help. In the time of need. Listen, I don't know what you're struggling with, but I want you to know there's hope in Christ Jesus. There's hope. There's the hope of Christ. There's hope for the church. There's hope for those who are careless. There's hope for our children. There's hope for those who are in conflict. But we need to be bearers of this hope. We need to be sharers of this hope. We need to be ones who understand the anointed power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because in that resurrection anointing, that same power, that same anointing, according to Romans chapter 8, indwells each one of us. 
We don't have to walk broke down. We don't have to walk around encompassed by fear and doubt and wonder. But we can walk in the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit and walk with our head high knowing that we are the king's kids. We're the children of God. And we are the bearers of the anointing of the Lord. There's people who are watching us. They're looking to see are you sharing this message how are you walking don't proclaim with your mouth something you're not willing to walk with your feet live it walk it share it because people need to know that just as you were delivered just as you were anointed just as you were sanctified filled with the Holy Spirit that they can also experience that same anointing amen I don't know where you are, what you're feeling, or what you're struggling with, but today God is anointing for you. He has an anointing for you and a power for you. Father, God, I pray, Lord, that we will take hold of this hope. That we'll grasp hold of what you have offered to us. And Lord, if we are struggling... God, I pray that we will not be superficial Christians, but we will dig into your word. That we'll dig in in prayer and fasting. That we'll seek the face of God. Lord, that we will long to be in your presence. And God, as we we spend the time praying and believing and fasting, I believe that that same anointing that delivered Nineveh, that same anointing, God, that touched and delivered Isaac, that same anointing, that delivered Esther and, and the Israelites. That same anointing that drove, that drove Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness to pray after a three-day journey. Is the same anointing that will step into our situation and bring a transformation to our family, our work situation, our financial situation, our lives. God change us. God transform us. God, anoint us. Let your glory be revealed in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many believe God is able? I believe God is able. And I'm believing for you and your family. So great to be in the presence of God this morning. So great to be a part of God's plan this morning. I'm looking forward to next week. Looking forward to seeing what... God's going to do. I'm, I'm expecting miracles to take place. I'm expecting awesome things. How many have an expectation? Amen? Amen. Amen. I, uh, Paige wore a shirt this past week said, Ambition. Boy, I don't know about you, but I have an ambition to see God do something powerful within this place. I'm believing. May God bless you. May God strengthen you. May his face shine upon you. May you walk in the favor of God. May the glory of God be revealed in your life. I'm believing that in Jesus' name. God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here.